What's up, YouTube? Welcome to another Thirsty Smurfin' Thursday. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show for you today. Um, you know, occasionally from time to time, we'll hop on here. We'll just answer questions. Of course, we'll do, you know, a show where we'll cover the news and, you know, talk about some, you know, wonderful, the wonderful world of 2023 politics and everything that does to get everyone excited about waking up and tackling the next day. Um, and then sometimes we actually bring people on who are are legitimately good people, right? And it's it's rare that we're able to do this because you know I mean it's we got a few degenerates that sit up here and talk, and uh, and so when we do have the opportunity, it is actually uh, special for us to to be able to do that. And um, if for those of you that don't know, uh, our guest today is uh, is is big on the. Uh, what, what, do we, what do we call it? Turf Twitter. X. We'll call it Turf Twitter, right? X. X, Turf X. And, uh, and he is, is known for accidentally uh, creating a meme product called RGS. And, uh, and that was completely unbeknownst to, to Green County. He had no idea who Green County was and, and kind of vice versa. And then you know, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, Lord have mercy. What have I done? And, uh, and so anyway, it was funny to all of us that saw it. Right. And we were sharing it all back and forth and like, that is so funny because he probably has no idea what's going on. And, uh, and of course have, have, uh, kept in contact. I don't think anybody has missed me wearing my Wuka hat, especially if you're in Louisville and what this stands for is wake up, kick ass. And again, another ism, uh, from our guest of honor tonight. So Ray Ryan, uh, boys get ready because we have Paul Greenspro Hurst on tonight, sir. How the hell are how you doing? How's it going fellas? Good. Happy to be here. This, this should be interesting. <laughs> I think it will be. I, I actually, I know it will be. It will be. So Paul, just a little background where you're at hmm? as, as much geography as you want to do on the age, age sex location right. feature. And uh, what what got you here? Where have you been, and where are you, what are you doing sitting right here talking to us? Right. So right here in the heartland, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I guess I'll start just with the turf aspect. I think like most most people, I started uh, working at a golf course uh, in college, uh, and then fell in love with it. Um, changed my major, went to the University of Missouri. Who's going to be playing uh, Georgia this weekend? Uh, Go balls. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see. Between the heads, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, golf course industry was a uh, assistant superintendent for six years here in St. Louis and then 10 years as a superintendent. And uh, when I was 37 years old, I'm 53 now. Uh, Damn. I uh, went to work for, for a company uh, uh, up in Michigan called Turfgrass. Uh, oh, yeah. And worked three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked three years in sales with them. And then three years after that, they merged with a company called Residex, uh, which was from the East Coast, a big uh, bed bug company. Yeah. Uh, and at that point in time, we rolled the dice, a couple other guys, and started Greens Pro uh, in, in 2000. So we're working on 13 years uh, here, uh, being an independent distributor of turf products. Here in Missouri, uh, Illinois, Kansas, Northwest Arkansas, Paducah, Kentucky, Indiana, and we are a uh, branded uh, distributor, uh, and we deal in pesticides, fungicides, insecticides, herbicides, 
grass seed, fertilizer, 90% golf, I'd say 5% lawn care, and then 5% universities, park districts. So we, so we are the uh, kind of the ACE hardware, uh, your locally owned grocery store, your locally owned ACE hardware yep. competing with giants like Helena, Site One, uh, Harold's, Simplot. Uh, so it's it's quite a challenge, but uh, I would respectfully, tactfully, humbly say we're the best distributor in the Midwest. Uh, Paul, let me talk to you about that. And everything I hear uh, right now on the on the distributor side of things is that it is it is tough. Um, to talk to me about you know when I get I guess give me a little rundown. Like over the last ten years to the last five years uh, to the last two okay. years, what what has that trend been like on on your side of the of the of the aisle? I've been really fortunate with, with Greens Pro, uh, and I think that's primarily because it's a relationship business. I have four other men um, that I'm in business with that have been been in the business for, you know, one guy's 63, one guy's 60. I, I got another partner that's my age and then another partner that's younger. But uh, we have some very talented, hardworking individuals on the staff at Greens Pro, along with uh, incredible service. Um, personalized billing. Uh, we don't charge late fees. We don't charge restocking fees. We don't talk, charge credit card fees. We don't have delivery fees. Uh, we've built a business based on relationships. We've built a business based on knowledge. Uh, and I still think service, no matter where you're at, uh, what business you're running, I still think people appreciate service. And there is not one employee or owner of Greens Pro that will be out serviced. And we've, we've built a business on that and it's, it's been really successful. That, that is awesome because look, as we have watched the, the, I'll call it the, uh, and I'm using this term loosely, the monopolization of, uh, uh, distributors. Um, it is, I would say, you know, of course, you know, everyone finds a, a rep that they like and, you know, they, they, they kind of latch to or whatever, but then you'll get some bounce around between different companies or whatever. And that always makes things difficult, right? Phone numbers are always changing. Manners of con of contacts are always changing. And then it's like, shit, what do I do? Or they just up and move to a new region. Right. And I was like, sorry, I don't cover your territory anymore. And yeah. that, and that's tough. And I'll say that at least when, when I was an applicator, that was one of the things that I ran into all the time. I'm in Knoxville, you know, mid market, right? Not, this isn't, you know, your, your average, uh, 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 distributor rep is, is, is going to struggle to maintain a, a million dollar book of business here. Right. And, and so right. there was, in the big companies, you would see that turnover happen, you know, every year, mm -hmm. sometimes every two years. And so you felt like you felt like you had, but and I'll say, I am the worst to please like the worst 99% <laughs> of people that I bought material from like shit, Matt is coming again. He's probably in a bad mood <laughs> and he's going to yell at me about something. I, I kid, I never yelled at anyone, but um, I was the kind of person I was so particular about what I wanted. Right. And, um, right. I, I, I approached it that way, you know, and I, I, I do, I have to manage costs as well too. And it's not that I'm going to beat anybody up over a price, but if I have the choice between, you know, buying, um, uh, you know, prodiamine 65 WDG and, and barricade, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for prodiamine. And so when I ask for generic prodiamine, 
and you know everybody's concerned about their um you know hitting their quota on uh, a BASF product or a Syngenta product or whatever you know whatever it is to to maintain that distributor relationship you know then it becomes a problem right it's like because look dude I'm in lawn care I'm in lawn care right I have a $300,000 business in lawn care I can't afford I would love to buy a barricade I can't afford it so work with me here on this. It's like, oh, man, that's all I got right now. And it's like, okay, well then I'm going somewhere else, right? And <laughs> it was, it was always, it was always difficult in that sense. And and you know, I I would be very particular and very vocal about that. Or uh, you know, if I wanted, for example, I remember I was, I, I, it's funny, I'm kind of telling on myself here. I, uh. Well, I will not say the the company this guy worked for because it is not a reflection of the company. It was this individual rep. Um, I had uh, wanted Monument to to spray out ryegrass, and uh, and went to him and said, uh, "Nope, but you know you can use katana or something else." And I'm like, "No, I love the residual of Monument, and if I time it just right, I typically don't have to spray sedges the rest of the season. I'd really prefer to have Monument." And then got into an argument with me that Monument doesn't even control ryegrass, and I said, "Okay, left it at that." went and bought monument sprayed the football field. And, uh, and uh, he actually had brought another customer by to come look at the ryegrass. And I had sprayed it like three weeks before with monument and it was, it was roasted and they, they had been out <laughs> for drinks and uh, I'm actually at the the property. Just, I'm actually directing sand loads that are going to be dropped off. And so I'm just hanging out and I see him walking up. Oh, Hey, he's got a guy with him, and you know, they get closer and you know, you can smell the, the bourbon 30 on the breath and, I mean, he was hot. It's just real hot. And then I'll be damned if we didn't almost get into a fist fist fight at the 50 yard line of a high school football field. And the athletic director had to kick him off the property. And I don't know why he trusted me in that situation, but he did. And he ended up kicking the rep off the property. But again, it's like those, those things that, you know, I think everyone here probably has a horror story too with it. And when you, when you, the first time you, the people that I ended up developing a real relationship with was the small local person who I could actually talk to and have a conversation with and not, you know, have to have to worry about, you know, do I, do I need to, you know, a week before my scheduled meeting with them, do I need to be in the gym lifting weights just in case, you know, a jujitsu match breaks out. Um, and, and, you know, it's, and again, it's local business, it's small business. You get to meet the people that have the actual skin in the game, you know, kind of going on a love fest here. I'm, we're all small business owners here. You know, I highly right. recommend anyone listening right now, fucking, you know, put your money where your mouth is to support small businesses. Do it. Damn it. Sorry. Well, I guess. went on a tangent there. But you need a, <laughs> you know, like a gavel to smack or something. Kind of. <laughs> so. Uh, here's here's one I, I had several questions i thought about leading up to this one because you know i i think despite the you know the videos and everything like that and i don't mean that in a negative way i just mean that i i see a person who's genuine i see a person that doesn't take himself too seriously and i see a person that is passionate about this industry and you know i would think genuinely just wants to help people and i think those are typically the best people at sales i mean it could be whatever right but Sales is the vehicle uh, that you use to connect with people, right? From a professional standpoint. So I guess my question to start is from a customer side, you know, what are some, what are some tips that you would give to, it it doesn't matter if it's golf, sports, turf, lawn care. I don't care what vertical we're in, but just Mm -hmm. to be better customers of 
not just maybe you know as a um a distributor as a whole but particularly an independent distributor what are some things that they could do better to help you serve them better you know i, I talk to guys a lot about about not setting me up to fail uh, there are so many products to out there, there's so many skews of fertilizer. There's so many herbicides, fungicides, insecticides. And uh, I always tell guys, we're not like the grocery store where mm -hmm. I have every cereal that's available. But if you give me time and there's a specific product that you like, a, a specific product that you makes you comfortable that a, that a customer requests, uh, a prepared customer, one that's thinking about not tomorrow's application, but maybe an application in three weeks, Maybe he's not thinking about pre-emergent, but he's, he's looking at a summer fertilizer. Uh, maybe he's thinking about seeding, uh, fall seeding in the spring. Uh, that allows me to, to make a proper delivery, get, get him things on time, makes business so much easier. It, it, it makes me look good to the customer. And also... It also, you know, it helps it helps the, the, the end user out as well. So I would definitely say a, a prepared customer uh, makes it easier. So it's all and, and about so that, timing, ahead, right? right? It's all about right. timing then because, uh, you know, I know for me, I tend to know most of the time when I need something. So that's something that resonates with me because... When I know I need something, the time that I know I need it is literally weeks, if not months ahead. Yeah. I mean, and... I never drop this thing on people where I need it now. I mean, because uh, I learned, you know, I learned not <laughs> to do that. And true story, I was once in a fungicide crunch. Ryan, if you could believe. Uh -huh. Wouldn't doubt it on the island, Ray. Yeah, I was in a fungicide crunch, and, Where's you know, be, because I wasn't prepared, or, or you know, and kind of got caught with my pants down, I had to call around, and fortunately for me, somebody was able to supply what I needed. Uh, and I think that goes but back I, to Paul's, Paul's point, though, of having somebody that you can trust that in those moments, right? People that make mm -hmm. it a habit, you cl you clearly pick up on those folks, you know, pretty early on of the ones that are calling you right when they need it every single time that aren't thinking ahead, right? And you can sort of plan yeah. for that. That that phone number pops up. It's like, okay, hey, I could get <laughs> you know pissed about this, or I could just look at this as an opportunity to help somebody out, whatever. But agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah, but the folks that do think about it and that do that that do put that time in and prepare, I guess that's one thing I wanted to ask about too, Paul. Is what do you see? How do you see? Because there is, especially in golf, golf is a very interesting is an interesting place right now because there's a lot of young people, there's a lot of older people in in you know people that are my age, right in that forties demographic. There's a lot of people that left. There's a little bit of a right. a gap in the demos there, so. How are you finding that shift from how the older generation is kind of keeping up with the times and, and learning stuff and getting their information on which products to buy versus the newer generation? What are the differences and the similarities you see out of that? 
I definitely would think that the older guys, guys my age, uh, north of 50, uh, you know, we're going to have a seismic shift of retirement here in the St. Louis area in the next five years. Uh, mm -hmm. Those guys are certainly reliant on uh, a agent like myself to keep them updated on products. Uh, I do a monthly newsletter where I try to break down new products in a not selling type of way. Uh, but I also found that the younger generation, if they've trained under a, you know, kind of an older superintendent, uh, a wise superintendent, that their buying habits oftentimes emulate uh, the guy they learn from. Uh, you'll have a guy that <laughs> buys from two guys, you know, you have a guy yep. that buys from four guys. You have a guy that just buys from one guy. Uh, and uh, I feel I try to be relatable with the younger guys. Uh, the number of text messages I send these days is it far outweighs the number of phone calls. Uh, mm -hmm. I think no matter old or young, the, the biggest thing I try to do, and I know this isn't, this is probably frowned upon, uh, but I'm available 24 hours a day, Christmas morning, Thanksgiving at two o'clock on Thursday. You. If you need a, you know, that's the only way that I can succeed and I can, I can compete against large companies. Uh, Whoever turn I, the guy that turns their phone off at three o'clock, that's my favorite type of competitor because I'll answer <laughs> during dinner. So, and I, and I don't uh, say that being cocky or arrogant. I, I just think in a service-based business that that is literally all I have. Uh, I cannot match the price on fertilizer of site one. I can't match the price on seed. It's, it's impossible. But what I can do is, is provide, uh, some knowledge, some experience, and, and the faith that you're going to be treated well, uh, the faith that I'm going to be honest with you, the faith that I'm going to treat you right. And I think the most important thing, and I try to do this all the time, I have a standing rule. Anytime I get an order over $5,000, I, I handwrite a thank you card. And I am truly grateful for people that trust me with their money, truly grateful for people that trust me with their time, uh, and truly grateful for those that just trust me. Uh, so... No, I, I got I, I to interject real quick. The the yeah. it, not just the testicular fortitude that that takes, but the uh, the rock solid psychology that takes. Right. Because, look, I can tell you right now, my phone ringing at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night will ramp my anxiety to nine thousand. Right. Now imagine, and, and this goes back to my lawn care days, right? And I, I think about like when, when brown patch showed up and I'm halfway through my brown, my preventative brown patch app and it, it showed up faster than I forecasted it. And now I've got 150 lawns that have brown patch in it and all of them are calling me simultaneously, right? And, and it's, you know, again, you... The way you approach that ball is incredibly commendable. And I think that's something the younger guys need to hear that in a service-based business, like you got to keep your shit together if you want to be a differentiator, right? It sucks. It's hard. There ain't nothing fun about that. There's nothing fun sitting down at dinner with your kids and you, you got to answer the phone. But it is, if you want to be a differentiator, the difference maker between you and the next guy that you're trying to get another, you know, 10% on or whatever, right? And it's not fun. No one is having fun when they're fighting over two and a half percent margins on a bag of, of 3204, right? Uh, 
<laughs> uh, especially when when site one all of a sudden can can do it below cost and nobody knows how that's possible and it's obvious they're taking a loss on it you know it's like how am i going to be the differentiator well you know what mm-hmm. i'll answer the phone right here and that mm-hmm. man kudos to you for the 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 psychology the psychological tenacity that that takes in and of itself to be able to do that that is matt that is something that is just uh i don't know i i call that how business was done because uh, even for myself people know that they can reach me uh i'll answer the phone but the caveat to that is that i'm also no nonsense so therefore Uh, i can answer the phone and be assured that this is not trivial this is important and that is the, I guess, the differentiator because uh, I guess I, what I'm going to say about that is that it's all about establishing certain boundaries, certain rules, and developing a level of trust. Well, I think the other thing there, too, is that, you know, uh, two things. One. Uh, from your homeboy up the road in Omaha, Warren Buffett, I, I think it, uh, his his uh, quote ties in nicely here. Price is what you pay, value is what you get, right? And I think that that's the the mainstay of any small business, especially. But you know, right. in a, in a day and age where you know the the site is always on, oh well, hey, what are we paying? You know, what's our cost break or what's our cost per day of control? Yeah, that's that's good. You know, we can sit there and talk about that all day long in agency. But who's going to be the person, right, that goes back to the to the shop, goes back to the distributorship, opens up the door at 10 p.m. on a Friday night so you can pick it up so you can spray Saturday morning or picks it up at five o'clock in the morning so that it's there at five thirty so you can spray on Saturday morning. And I think that's the thing that the younger generation, you know, needs to make sure that they realize, because I think in this um, I've seen this at least from my perspective is sometimes that's lost on people. They're just like, Oh, they're supposed to do that. Or, you know, that's what, that's what's supposed to happen. And in a day and age where, you know, they go on Amazon and think about this, this is me getting, you know, critical of millennials or Gen Z or anything like that. It's just, you know, I think one of those learning pieces, no, 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 no. I think it's just a learning piece of like, you have to see that. And sometimes I think nowadays that point that was understood and maybe picked up on by, you know, guys between Matt's age and, and up to my age and Paul's age and Bray's age, you saw, you, you picked up on that on your own. And now I think it just has to be a little bit more crucial. But the, the thing I would say too, is that, and this goes out to, you know, all the folks that are listening. And I think Paul hopefully would agree with this, but anybody that you do business with, especially if you're a lawn care operator, a small business, anything like that, even a golf course, you know, there's, there's the people think of golf courses. They think of top 100 golf courses. There's 17 ish thousand golf courses, maybe a little, maybe in the 16s now. Right. And all of them ain't top 100. There's only 100 that are the top 100. There's a lot in between that are scraping by and doing the best they can. And with that in mind, right, I always ask those folks, you know, being in a service based business myself too, where all we have to sell, we don't have products to sell. We sell ourselves, we sell our services, our knowledge, our expertise, all that. And that's it. Is that, am I getting the best? from this person that I'm doing business with. It's on the other side of the table for me. Right. And if you go to the big boys, you know, and, and not going to sit here and knock them, but 
is your experience with them consistently good? Is it consistently their best that they can give to you? I would, right. I would venture to say in many cases, the answer is no. So I think that's another, <laughs> another point that, you know, and, and you see it, it's pretty funny because in, in classical sales training, you know, there's, there's two sides of the coin. People buy from people they trust. And then you'll have a whole other contingent that said, oh, that's BS. That's not true. People buy on value. They do this, they do that. And I, I don't know, I guess, how, how do you think, has that changed at all in your time? I mean, this is 13 years in. You said from the top, this is a relationship business. It's a, you know, you're yeah. selling to people and people have to trust you. Has that changed at all? Again, with like just, you know, the way that the industry's gone this last, you know, 13 or so years, or is it still the same as it was back when you started Greenspring? I've been I've been really fortunate. It it stayed pretty consistent. Uh, you know, you had you had mentioned you'd mentioned agency, and uh, I know there's there's often a a, uh, a little bit of a discussion over post patent product versus branded product. Uh, sure. One of the things that agency really that you maybe haven't thought about is that it allows independent distributors like Greenspro to exist. Uh, because the price is the same whether you buy it from Greenspro yep. or whether you go to the drive-thru at Taco Bell, uh, which puts me on a level playing field with huge yep. companies and corporations. And I'm not arguing the fact that they don't have the and they have the opportunity to make money and provide for their families as well. Uh, but it allows small distributors to compete, at least on the agency level, to get product. Uh, another interesting part of the agency, and this goes back to has the business stayed the same, the St. Louis market, the Midwest market, we're really only treating three acres of high intense turf. So really, most golf courses have three acres of bent grass. And the message of do you want to, you know, do you want the do you want the Honey Nut Cheerios or do you want the Toastios? And I think <laughs> that Honey Nut Cheerios branded message works because we have a smaller acreage that we're treating intensively. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I always say sometimes, uh, you know, you can get coffee at Phillips 66 or you can get coffee at Starbucks. And I think there's a difference. At so anyway, no, I, and, uh, and that's not to go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. No, no, you, you go, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, is that, yeah, I, I, I think that that's something that there, there should be more education on because I think that at the distributor level, most times, right you have somebody that you trust that you're buying from like yourself right mm -hmm. and i would trust that hey whatever paul's telling me is good right it's good as gold he's not going to push me in a direction that he wouldn't do himself right if it was him if if the roles were reversed and i think that a lot of times especially and, and i'm thinking of this you know both from golf because i came from golf now i'm in sports right. and I, sports turf and i hear and, and experience a lot of the lawn care stuff through this vehicle here is that it's just not explained well enough because a lot of times that that mouthpiece is typically you know the the agency themselves right it's it's the big you know, the big companies that are saying that so i think to hear it from somebody like you who's saying yeah like is this a place where you really want to short your program and the answer is no yeah. right or to a lawn care operator it's like okay hey let's say you have a seller and you go that route it fails guess what they're going to come back and they're going to say, here's some Meridian, go ahead and clean it up. We're sorry. You know, there's a difference mm -hmm. there, right, in terms of the backing and everything like that. So 
I don't want people to think too, and if it came across that way for me, I'm sorry, but I, I, I agree that like agency is not like, it's not David versus Goliath or good versus evil or anything like that. There are absolutely mm-hmm. products that work. Right. And, and we'll get to that here in a second, but go ahead, Matt, you, sure. you, you chime yeah, in. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, Ray, you know, are you, if you, if you're dealing with dollar spot, are you going to spray, you know, uh Zimplar, or are you going to grab propiconazole and go make an application and just hope for the best on that? Oh, no. I mean, you see, Paul, I deal with something that's kind of high stakes, you know, literally in that. What if I told you average value of the turf area that I'm dealing with will shock you? Right. Probably on par with the green. Yeah. So it's not cheap in Hawaii, Paul. Yeah. So we're talking about like. I've had literally people tell me, hey, I just had my sod installed and it costed me $50,000. And for goodness sake, they're only on a 10,000 square foot lot. Yeah. Right. Okay. So to answer Matt's question, I might not be grabbing for the cheap uh, Propaconals of 14.3 because I know, sorry. I do use a certain amount of agency products. Uh, Lexicon figures large, and so does Exteris, for example, because those products work, <laughs> and they work every time. <laughs> Just right. like so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's well, a, that's a good go question. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit. Your transition yeah. from being a practitioner. To right. going into sales, you know, moving up to Michigan right. and, and doing that. What was that like? What was the impetus there? And was it what you thought it was going to be? Was it more difficult? Was it easier? What was that transition? What was that, you know, first, you know, couple of those three years that you spent with turf grass like? Right. So it's really an interesting story. So I was at a club in in uh, Belleville, Illinois, St. Clair Country Club, uh, 1911. Uh, beautiful design. Bob Golby was a member there. Uh, he won the 68 masters. Uh, Jerry and Jay Haas were there. Uh, Jimmy Connors was there. Frank Connors was there, but a really, really great club. Uh, very family orientated, treated myself, my wife and my three children like members, like family. Uh, I had done it for 10 years and, and much like, Things I've, I've done in my life, I, I try to take some risks uh, to do some things different, to improve myself, to, to challenge myself. And an opportunity came up to work for Turfgrass. Uh, and the three guys that helped me get onto Turfgrass uh, had told me that their main goal was at that point in time to eventually start their own local distribution company in St. Louis. And I would tell you that is 100% the only reason that I left the golf course was because I knew I'd have some skin in the game of possible ownership. Uh, it's a very difficult proposition for, for a young man at a golf course, a young lady at a golf course to come in and compete with salesmen, saleswomen that have been around for a long time. Uh, and when I was asked to come to turf grass, I did inherit a fairly good sized book of business that allowed me to, you know, allowed me to kind of vault and, and jump from there. Uh, but there were, there were a bunch of factors that, that 
into that decision. Uh, I was able to leave St. Clair on my own terms, which was nice. Uh, and I also knew that the opportunity to own a business was the, the, the primary reason that I left the golf course. It, it's, a, you, it's a fire that so burns. It? Oh. oh, it burns every day. Uh, <laughs> it is. And, and I think that the greatest part about it is no different than what I'm seeing out of you guys. There is, there is no problem uh, getting up in the morning and, and, and getting after it and making it happen. And, and I think, I think skin in the game is the greatest motivator. Uh, you know, one of my regrets is, uh, I didn't, uh, my kids did well in college, but I wish I'd, have, I wish I'd have made them take 20% skin in the game or something like that. But I think that, that putting your own money, your own time, uh, into a business, uh, it just makes it, uh, it, it makes it, taste so much sweeter when it you know when it's successful it's like gambling but not gambling right you know i like, I, <laughs> I, 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 do, I do not gamble i the i don't I the hate casinos really, they freak really me out. but you know it's all it, it, high risk high reward right and it's uh, the level of risk you're willing to take on is you know your your potential reward increases but so does the loss right and uh fast money right. can mean it can evaporate just as quickly as it piles into your pocket so uh you know trying to find the balance and sanity amongst all of that is uh there's magic to it right and there's there's a lot of ups and there are uh, exponentially more downs that you have to kind of navigate on, you know, trying to figure out, you know, okay, I made that mistake. Let's make sure I don't ever make that mistake again. And then somehow you end up making the same mistake, but in a sideways fashion. And you're like, I was guarding this way so astutely that I didn't even notice that I had a blind spot right here that I left myself open to. So it's, uh, it is the adrenaline rush perhaps is what's so addicting about it. I don't know, but it's it's hard for me not to call it an addiction, right? Um, because uh, I, you know, I, I very much have a very addictive personality. That's why I don't do drugs anymore. Uh, because you know, it's it's it is such a an all all encompassing, you know, all consuming kind of gig, right? And I had to learn again the hard way, you know, in my in my late twenties, right? Like bringing it home, uh, and you know how to how to turn off the stress of the day. Uh, when I'm not in the office, right, and and when I get home, you know, be pleasant around my family, enjoy that that time I have, and understand and be able to create that link of in my head that what I do every day, I'm doing it for them, right, and I'm doing it because I want to give them what I feel like they deserve, which is the world, right, and so, um, you know, I can't take a painful moment from the day. And bring it home and share that with them for a week. You know, I may go through that during the day or while while I'm navigating work issues or whatever. But that's that's not their burden to carry. You know, that's my cross. I'll wear it proudly and and give them the respect that they deserve. Also, for just giving me the 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 trust and wherewithal to take this kind of risk with their future as well, too. Right? It's it's right. difficult, but it's very it's very addicting and. I feel like as age comes on, you know, that the maturity begins to increase a bit and, you know, what you're good at and you know what you're not good at more importantly. And uh, it becomes it becomes more refined and, and easier to avoid the most painful moments. Right. So, you know, you talked about that, that period of being young. 
mm-hmm. and, and and going that route and having skin in the game, everything like that. For the for the folks that are younger now, and I I think this is a, I don't know it, it seems like it's a a steeper learning curve, a tougher proposition because you're not walking into a book of business. But I see a lot of younger people or people that are you know uh, new to sales, you know coming from industry, coming from being practitioners, whether it's in lawn care, sports, golf, whatever. You know what would your advice be to those folks that are coming in basically fresh? You know, hey, you've got a runway of you know, 18 months, 36 months, something like that to build your book of business out. And you're starting from zero, you know, maybe you get a few accounts that are dormant, haven't been touched in a while. What would your advice be to somebody on how to do it? I mean, you kind of covered a little bit on the service side, but just, you know, if you had a strategy, a go-to-market strategy, what would it be? Take me into the Paul, the the Paul uh, Hearst sales Academy. Wake up, kick ass. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of, obviously, you know, you know, you inherently have to be a hustler if you're in sales. I mean, you have to be a hustler. You, you have to, uh, I would say the first thing I would do is, is get involved with your local association. And if that means getting on a board, writing a newsletter, uh, j- just get involved as, as much as possible. Uh, find that sweet spot to a customer or prospective customer where you're, you're on the border of being uh, not annoying, but saying, Hey, listen, if, if, if the guy you're currently using respect, you know, I respect the fact that you're loyal to your current supplier, but if there's ever an opportunity where a ball is dropped, if there's ever opportunity with a brand that, that your current supplier, uh, you know, doesn't carry, keep me in mind. Um, and I think really the most important piece of advice I would give any young person looking into sales is making sure there is opportunity. Uh, I would, I would not advise a young, young salesman uh, to come into the St. Louis market and attempt to, to compete with the likes of companies like Greenspro, because no matter how hard you can try, you got to recognize there's there's several guys in the market that have been doing this for 25, 30 years that literally my business Good partners, Mark, Mark Slaughter, Rich Carlson, uh, our CFO who operates the business, I would tell you right now that there are no better sales professionals in the United States of America as good as, as a couple of my business partners. And the guy that runs our business does everything and he's amazing. So I guess the biggest piece of advice to look, to look at is just make, make sure there's opportunity, uh, you know, maybe revisit that opportunity when you're hearing a guy like, you know, 10 years from now, a guy, I say this humbly, a guy like myself is going to shut it down. Uh, or maybe, you know, I tried hiring a guy to, to drive a truck for us. I was going to pay him 75 grand a year. And I said, Hey, you hang out for five years. We're going to have some people retiring here at Greensboro. And I'm, trust me, it's going to be a great opportunity. And it was difficult to get people to buy in uh, that they were going to have to sacrifice three to five years before they were going to get what they wanted. Um, But I think biggest advice is, is make sure that the company hiring you is, is transparent about opportunity and then make sure you are educated uh, about, uh, about, who you're going to be competing with no different than you three in your businesses, you know, sure. You, you know, you can, you could try to out hustle you, but you know, if you want to, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And, and sometimes that's not really easy. <laughs> no. And that, that's, I mean, think that's about the... it from a lawn care perspective. It, it, this is, I mean, this yeah. is yeah. actually like things people need. 
when people are doing market research, where to open their next branch, you know, Marietta, Georgia, just outside of, uh, of Atlanta, you know, chances are you're not going to open a successful lawn care branch there. I don't care who you are. The place is so locked down, saturated to holy hell. You know, if you move in, okay, you pick up 50 clients, you know, each, each one you're making 350 bucks on great. You got a $20,000 a year business and you're going to hold it that way for a long time. Right. And, uh, and then you, you feel defeated and the, the world falls apart on you. And then you think, well, sales isn't for me, or, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough at this. And then, you know, you go through all the existential crises that you do. Right. And a lot of those pitfalls can be avoided by being wise about a market that you're choosing or, you know, who you're learning from off just straight from the get go. Right. Um, and it, it, like, that was one of my biggest things was, was learning that as a business owner, I am a shit business owner, right? I can't do <laughs> the business side and the technical side. Just can't do it, right? And that's why now in my business, I have a business partner who actually does the business things. So when I'm chasing right. the the shiny balls, you can be like, no, that's insane. Stop doing that. Redirect your focus mm-hmm. and go, mm-hmm. you know, run like a boar this direction, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that- you know, ha- having having the wherewithal to to recognize that, good on you for calling that out. And has that helped you, Paul, like having, having business partners and especially people that you knew long before you trusted, like, has that, how's that helped over these years? Absolutely. Focused. There is, there is a huge difference. I I think it's funny that sometimes I say I, I I run a business. I, I don't run a business. I have a guy who is, fucking amazing in running a business and i (laughs) he allows me to do what i do well and i think that's why greenspro functions you know it's not always you know high fives and touchdowns there's issues but i think if you know your role and you know your strength and you and you follow through and work through that strength uh that's where the success comes and there's a huge difference between uh, working at a business, being an owner of a business, but running the business. And uh, Jeff Baxter, he's our CFO. I mentioned this before. I would tell you right now, there is no more competent individual in this world than, than he has been uh, running the business. And obviously we see that through the most important thing, which are the four distributions throughout the year. And, you know, Jeff has done a great job and the sales guys, the delivery guys have done a good job as well. So Knowing those roles, staying in your lane uh, is critical, I think, to be successful. That's yeah. And, and, and that's that's the thing is build a team around you and trust those people. Correct. And I think that's one thing, especially for our audience, which skews a lot more towards the lawn care operators. And, and there is like this big parallel path. And I think Matt sort of hinted at it, is that, you know, you have guys that start off solo from zero from scratch. Right. Just like yeah. that, you know, that young rep that we just talked about. And, you know, having skin in the game, having people that are alongside you that can do and focus on what they're good at so you can focus on what you're good at. That's that's kind of the crux, right, is that that people are too uh, maybe a little bit uh, short on some of that stuff. Right. Some of those mentors or people that are either within the business or outside mm-hmm. the business. So it's just good to hear that perspective of somebody that's done that and, and gone that route for a long time of people that, hey, that are staying in their lane. And that's not to be like an ass or a dick, like, oh, you need to stay in your lane. But no. like, hey, you're great at this. 
do more of that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I do so that you can do more of this and focus less on, you know, like Matt chasing shiny balls around. So, um, and and it's all good. All right. Products. Let's talk products. And I don't mean, uh, this isn't to talk, talk shit or anything like that. The the point here that I wanted to start with was, okay, 13 years in, you're a, you came from being a practitioner, right? The first thing I want to ask is, has your the, the way or the methods that you use to evaluate products and whether you think that they're good, whether you think they work, whatever, has that changed from the time that you were a practitioner to now where you're a sales rep, you're, you're, you're consulting people on sales, things like that. Has that evolved, question. changed, whatever? Yeah. Or is it the yeah. same? No, it's, you know, my first five years in when I came from, when I came from the golf course, you know, I was spraying Dacanel Ultrex. I was familiar that, you know, Ronstar, uh, the wettable powder, you know, the dust shot up in your face. Uh, <laughs> I knew not to overlap Scott's <laughs> Crab and Goose. Uh, I was familiar that if you didn't properly water in Cascade, you'd get some burn. I knew that, that Bensamec was dangerous if you didn't hand water in with a hose. Uh, you know, I knew that, that Gary's green. Uh, I really liked the reaction that I got. Uh, so it was really cool my first five years uh, when I was selling because obviously I was selling what I was most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the last 10 years uh, with a lot of these changes, with a lot of these uh, rates that are unbelievably low, uh, newer products, combo products, uh, I have to I have to rely on the guys that I trust the most that use these products to get their feedback. And then, of course, my only option at that point is to relay to the the guy down the street that, hey, uh, you know, Jeff at XYZ Country Clubs had really, really good luck with, uh, you know, this new product. And and, and they have to trust that I'm uh, basing my recommendations on efficacy and not based on how much money I'm going to make off the product. Uh, so, yes, that, that's been hard. Uh, I definitely miss, uh, you know, really, I get to see you know, how dusty, you know, when I, when I put pre-emerge in my yard, you know, anymore. So yeah, that's been a big change. That, that's a really good question. No, I just, I, I just think about that evolution and, and how you go from one mm-hmm. side to the other and, and things like that. So it's always interesting from the mindset shifts that people go through. And it's like, you look back and say, okay, Hey, you know, can I put myself in the shoes of, you know, the poor schlub that's got to be mixing this stuff up in the dark at five o'clock in the morning. And you know, right. I take a bite of the apple and I, you know, open up the Ronstar bag. Oh boy, now I got to throw away the apple yeah. and wash my hands. Damn yeah, it! Exactly. Not again. I'm gonna take <laughs> one more bite. So, though. Yeah. Just don't tell anybody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> if you turn the apple <laughs> around, if you go 180 degrees, you're fine. It's like the five second rule, <laughs> right. you know. Right. Um, You've got your cigarette hanging on the lip of your tank. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's a lot off. of material mm-hmm. on the rim there. That's what that, yeah, that's that's why you do the uh, the misty one hundreds, you know, when you're mixing and loading because they're longer. You know, you get a little bit more ash. Gosh, oh my gosh! Um, oh dear. So, <laughs> all right, so um, this mix on the product side. So, so there's there's yeah. new products. So now when you when you hear and see yes. new products, you know, obviously you probably have you know within your book of business you have those early adopters. Those people are like, yep, sign me up. Let's go try it. Right. Let's test it out. Let's do some check plots. Let's do, you know, whatever, you know, right. is that enough for you to buy in or do you have to see it in, you know, university trials? Like how are you learning outside of just your customer base and how are you learning? What are your sources of information where you're like, you know what, 
if I have a question on this, and I'm not saying you have to call people out. If you want to, you can, but what are those trusted right. sources for you to be like, all right, I need to fact check this because, you know, I don't right. want to sell the next guy in Prellis, whatever. Yeah. Although I'd buy it. Yeah. I yeah. No, don't was, die. I was yeah. Gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and cut I think I've, I've been very lucky along the way to have manufacturer wraps that have been really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the real issue is that the bulk of what's quote unquote new is just a reformulation of, you know, yeah. what's old. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. a lot of the products that, that, that we're selling these days, and I'm not saying they're not good. Some of those combos have, 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 have made it easier on the applicator. They've become more affordable. Uh, they've increased the efficacy. Uh, you know, really, if you think back, the only real game changer over the last 10 years, no offense, has been a celebrant. Yeah, diamides, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's not a fungicide that I can, you know, and we have non-growth regulating DMIs right now. I get it, you know, but we've got an overwhelming amount of SDHIs, you know, but mm-hmm. the old standbys are still there, chlorothalonil and, and azoxystrobin. But the the real one that, 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 that was the big game changer was uh, that season-long cutworm control and, and the season-long grub control that we at least see out of a celebrant here uh, in the Midwest. But, you know, a lot of that stuff, as I said, is just kind of remix, reformulate. And, you know, I think that, so, that like, also I'm... says a lot. About... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You, you continue. I'm sorry. I think that says also a lot about how much money it takes to get some of these new AIs to market. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and an interesting thing is one of the things I've talked to uh one of my guys the other day is that one of the things I think that's going to happen with this AI artificial intelligence, it's going to help reduce that time frame uh, to bring some of this new technology to market because it it can it can help reduce some of the redundancy on trying to get some things to come out. Yeah, I th- I want to uh, say in 2018 it was uh, it was like eight million dollars to bring an AI to TNO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I don't know, that's to get it to TNO. So to get it, you know, uh-huh. your initial FDA or, uh, 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 EPA up to that point before going for TNO, I don't even know what that is. Uh, so you're talking yeah, I mean, about that's, a it's, monumental it's through, amount of cash. And then to re, you know, and that's the thing now that we're seeing too, is, you know, re-registering. So you talk about, we have chlorothalonil, we have some products, right. That are staples that are likely to go away, you know, right. You know, somewhat very, you know, somewhat soon. So, you know, on that sense, um, you know, what's that? What's that conversation like? And I don't mean like just from a sales aspect, but just from an educational aspect, right? When you go in and talk to folks that maybe are still like tried and true, man, you're gonna have to come pry this merit from my cold dead fingers. <laughs> so, what I mean, what what do you? How do you try and help those folks see the light? I'm just curious from your perspective because I'm sure. You've had a lot more of those conversations than we've Yeah. You know, it is interesting. Some of my most successful guys, in fact, the bulk of my successful guys are not tinkers. Uh, They have a a tried and true program. Uh, And maybe I was fortunate 10 years ago to to sell them on a celebrant. But if if it came to a product not being used anymore, uh, 
my guys would be open to the the next best thing. But my successful superintendents, and I'm talking about guys that haven't lost a square foot of bent grass in St. Louis uh, in my 15 years, those mm-hmm. guys do not waver. They they do not miss timing windows. They do not miss application windows. And they are fully aware of what they're doing and, and when to do it. And they're often very resistant to change because they've had tremendous success. Fair. Okay. And, and it's hard that, to go in there and, and, and challenge that. I get that. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? It right? is. You know, that is uh, something that, you know, you're talking about me. You're talking <laughs> about me. No, really? No, With, no. Without a doubt. Paul is, you're not. No, Paul, Paul's talking about me because I'm kind of an old timer in the turf grass management world because. He's, he's your age. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's got that yeah. as an endurance band in the, in the fallout shelter, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Do I? I'm still in the bloodstream. And, and the seven. <laughs> And the Turkham, you know, to name yeah. a few. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, it's here's the thing: is that when somebody finds something that works reliably, I have to tell you, on my side, it can be really hard to change over to something else. On the other hand, I do have to admit that some of the older products weren't all that great and all that cracked up to be. So then at that point, I am open to new things that work better. You know, I'm of that type where if something works, if I can see it works, and it lives up to its promise, then I'm all about it. But then at the same time, products that are all hype and no performance become a very hard sell for me. See, I am I am the vice versa. Like mm-hmm. someone tells me a cool story about a product and I, I'm like, I am signing a check today. I want it. <laughs> I need to use it. I gotta try it. I gotta put it on something. Please, God, get it to me as quick as possible. I have to smell it, taste it, touch it, whatever. Um, and and I will say this in terms of like that actually being a career-limiting thing in lawn care, without a doubt. Uh, the number of times that I, again, high risk, high reward, you know, making an iffy judgment call on a product I don't have a lot of experience with uh, in the hopes that it's going to deliver as it was pitched to me. And then, you know, you find yourself reseeding or, you know, resodding a section of the lawn, uh, you know, that has happened more, more times than I care to admit. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on the opposite end of things. Paul, you could call me tomorrow and be like, man, I got this shit. They deliver it to you <laughs> in the refrigerator. You got to try it. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. if it has uh, new and improved fucking on refrigerator, it, like, I need this. Give it to me <laughs> now. God. Yeah. I, yeah. I would watch these guys. <laughs> And you know, tell me that you had mentioned, you know, you got people teeing off at 630 in the morning and 
you're actually getting product out of a freezer or a refrigerator. I mean, I just, some of the stuff, uh, I, I am, I am the worst. I am the worst new product salesman in the history of new product sales. I am. I'm just terrible. So therefore, Not, Paul, okay. we will be, we will be friends then. We will be good friends then actually, because, uh, basically I'm, no, I'm going to be the guy that's going to be hitting you up for all of the, Old stuff, essentially. <laughs> Ray's got be joints per- older than me, rolled up, ready to go. <laughs> oh, except I don't uh, do that. <laughs> Nick, I snort the chemicals. I, I don't say when you. I didn't, hey, listen, uh, get it right. Smoke them if you got them, but you don't have to. Um, what? Okay, so on that same vein, like, yes, what? What? Tr- what turf truth? And I don't mean the, the Twitter account. What turf right. truth do you believe to be self-evident? that you wish just everybody would accept that maybe, maybe it's something that, you know, it's a, it's a, a competitor's, uh, you know, selling angle that they go after something and you're just like, man, that's just not true. Like, and I'm not saying to dig on people, but, or it could just be, you know, some fact that you hear pushback on or you get objections to that. You just wish, man, if I could be the ruler of the turf kingdom for a day, everybody would just accept that this is true about whatever product, whatever cultural practice, Whatever grass, I don't care what it is, but is there something that comes to mind where you're just like, when you hear it, it's just like nails on the chalkboard. Like, man, I wish people would just realize that this is the truth. I got to be so careful here. <laughs> that's listen. That's why I went. Listen, I softened you. I softened you up for fifty six minutes to get to this. Question. You did. No, 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 no. Seriously, I, you be you be careful because I understand that if this was off air, that the answer would probably be. A lot more candid. It might but, be another hour that we talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's the that's the that's the unrated episode. You'll have to go into the back room of the, of the blockbuster, you know, to get that one. <laughs> but no, seriously, what is what are the because there's those things, and I I know because I I hear yeah. my friends that are sales reps, they're just like they'll call me and they'll be like, dude, I just had this sales call, and you wouldn't effing believe what these people think is the truth, and it's like. And I'm even like, wait, that guy said that? And they're like, no, 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 wait, it gets better. And then I'm like, yeah. really? And it just it evolves from there. So just pick one thing. We'll start okay. there. It doesn't have to be your, the, most, the most important thing. But if you could pick one thing. Aeration. If, 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 if I say this, I, I, we, we got we to table it right after I say it because I don't want to talk about Understood. it. Understood. Understood. Okay. okay. This is a safe space. I could, I could name. I should, should. So in my territory, we... The, the, the top five most successful men that run the most successful golf courses haven't sprayed an ounce of humic acid mm-hmm. and have never, and I mean ever, done a soil test. And they are money, money, every year, every day of every year, Dead on, no issues. There it is. Okay, uh, that's it. Sorry, that, shelving it. All I was going to say there is that you know the one thing I always like to push back on those folks that oh I need this or this is the greatest and greatest is listen folks there is exquisite world class turf on six continents of this entire globe and guess what they all don't have access to the same products right. Good agronomy. Yep. 
Good news. Take it from someone who has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars chasing shiny balls. You know. In PK, I think I think all I all I heard was that hundreds of thousands of dollars I've spent. Okay, uh, I have to counter that because yeah, yeah, wait, hang hang on, go go ahead, Paul, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I I think the beauty of what all of our people do, what you guys do, is there is not one brownie mix that's the same. It's everybody's an artist. Everybody has their own concoctions. They have their own things that they've learned. And who am I, who are we to shame them or, you know, Hey man, you do you. And if you're getting results, you know what? Keep it up. Uh, I have asshole after my name and uh, I struggle shutting up sometimes. That's that's... what were you going to say, Ray? In capital letters, bold to probably italics. Okay. This this, Ryan said something very important because where I'm at, I don't get or have all of the shiny new latest and greatest products. I don't. I really don't. And the reason why is because a lot of those wonderful products are literally prohibited from entry into this state. Why you need to I went went on a legitimate tear that I was convinced fully convinced that I could figure out how to grow centipede at the same color as Bermuda grass under six pounds of, of nitrogen from ammonium. <laughs> I was convinced I could do it if I just had the right brown water. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, boy, I really went for it. So, you know, um, it's how that looked the next year. What, what, what centipede? What's it about? Uh, yeah, where? Where? Yeah. Yeah. I'm s- still trying to we- find it. <laughs> Which that, one, that, that went to heaven. I think I'll be in purgatory longer than uh, than I <laughs> probably won't make it out of purgatory before I get a chance to see that centipede again. That is for called me. the Knox County <laughs> Corner. I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, here, here's here's a better question to open up okay. more positive. I I want I want to want to end on a positive note. What is the most underutilized product that you think people are missing out on? And like a real consultant, you ask questions to me. It's amazing. I get paid to do it. I'll tell you what has been a little bit of a game changer here. Is that Anderson's 440 HCU? Okay. It's a, it's, if you can believe it, it's a humic coated urea. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh, Very affordable. Goes into solution beautifully, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been a very affordable way for some of my lawn care guys, and also for some of my guys that when they do spray fairways, uh, has been a really, really. Uh, that's been kind of a new product that I've seen that has been really, really, really great. Uh, and also, what's you a, say that? Just, just, Go ahead. No, yeah. keep going. Ignore. I was me. just going to say, you know, just it, it, real quick, if you want to highlight use rates and things that you know how how would you especially in lawn care let's let's skew towards that here a little bit how would you you know encourage guys to use that particular product yeah you can you can uh you could put down you know you could just tank mix there just get a little scotia uh you know you want a little scotia nitrogen for for, for green you are midwest that's right you know you want to maybe help with some fertilizer efficacy uh yep. you know you know you know the next day uh 
I guess I'm just most impressed with how affordable and how easily it, it, it goes into solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, that's not a, that, that's just something I, I actually forget what the that, question It's was. an open-ended question. No, it's one. an open-ended question. Yeah. yeah. No, and then I still, I, I still would swear to you that all you really need. And again, I'm going to get crucified for this, but all um, I've ever seen is nobody watches this. Four to, yeah. Four to six ounces of Gary's green ultra. And any tank mix uh-huh. is, you know what, man? That's like a that's like a cigar and a bourbon. I mean, it is it is as good as it gets. Oh, Griggs. you know the thing. The yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing I was going to say about w- with Griggs is that, you know, you talked about the, the different brownie recipe. Like the recipe yeah. hasn't changed. You know, if you look at the competitors and if you look at how yeah. things have moved, whether your bottle is white, whether your bottle is orange, whatever. Yeah. See, we don't have, we can be we don't have to say the words, Paul. <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> they'll never know what we're talking about. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I'm learning know, that the, the, the uh, let's just say some of the Betty Crocker of the nineties in the early two thousands, ain't what Betty Crocker is today, you know? Um, yeah. so, yeah. and, and it's not as if turf has gone through the obesity epidemic like Betty Crocker has. So therefore, right. you know, things have changed for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. can I say that about Betty? She lost weight. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, great. You can. It's great. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I I I lick her off the spoon every time I see her. Um so <laughs> me both. Um when I got called and told me I'm a lesbian, it was weird. <laughs> How did you know? So here's my here's this is my last last question. And, and okay. I know we're trying to wrap it up here. Is no, I, I okay. Want, we're gonna talk shift, about the fun sh- stuff. Go ahead. Sh- shift over to lawn care. Yeah. Um you know, for a guy that's starting out, because, you know, there's there's people that are established here, but let's talk to the guy who's starting out that doesn't have a rep that is probably just going up to the counter at site one and like, hey, man, what should I do? Where should I, you know, where should I turn? What would your message be to him about finding the right rep? And, it, you know, maybe it's an independent, maybe it is, you know, a guy who's selling $3 million a year for site one, whatever. But how would you encourage that person to vet a rep that they can trust, that they can build a relationship with, and how to get that process started. Yeah, that that that's that's awesome. And 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 my my favorite lawn care guys that I deal with are the three to five pallet guys. You know, for pre-emergent, mm-hmm. they need three pallets. For for you know, for for a uh, grub feed, they need they need th- three to five pallets. Uh, guys that are starting their own business. And I've had a couple of young ones that, that I say, Hey, just like I've, I've said before, you can call me anytime and, and we can talk about grass seed. We can talk about the different types of pre-emergent. I just, I just think no matter if you're spending $5,000 a year with me, or you're spending $150,000 a year with me, I'm going to treat you the exact same. And I'm going to answer mm-hmm. the phone. Your question's important. Uh, your customer's important to me. And uh, I, I, I think it goes back to the same thing I said before is that, you know, that 5,000 that you're spending with me is, is just as important as the, you know, like I said, the 150 that a country club spending with me. So, so find a guy who, who treats you, you know, what you're worth being treated for. So I think that's the key. And, uh, uh, uh yeah, I mean, it does require self-respect. So if you struggle with yeah. self-respect, yeah, that's. So I think that's, I think that's uh, critical. <laughs> it's important. It is. 
self-respect. I can sit here and ask know, questions. All, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. know your self-worth, in other words. I was going to say, I don't, I don't uh, think very highly of myself a lot of the times, and so, you know. Uh, Dude, I, let I me ask you, I'm, I'm going to put this out here. I, I, I plugged all yeah. of, of Paul's information in the chat, and and please, honor me this. Uh, if you if you decide to call Paul and do business with you, and again, a real G in the in the industry, if you're a a, a lawn care guy in a three to five pallet space or larger, like it's you have nothing to lose, literally zero to lose. You will lose absolutely nothing by uh, giving it a whirl, having a conversation, getting to know one another. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. No harm, no foul. But my point is, is that. If you are a three to five pallet guy, and I understand that Mrs. Jones asked you to rip out a rose bush for a hundred bucks and, and you wasted eight and a half hours to do it and you made a hundred bucks for eight and a half hours of work, do not call Paul and and when you're drunk off steel reserve at the end of the day and need someone to tell you that you're good enough and you're smart enough and gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> don't do that. It brings shame to us. Again, have a little self-respect if you're going to call him. He wants to treat you what you're worth. Uh, At least pretend like you're worth more than that. And, and don't be shamed that you're just starting out and that, you know, use y- your, uh, you know, being naive, right, to to accept less service because you don't think that you're worth it. So uh, I think absolutely. that everybody should have, yeah, everybody should have a, a sales rep like Paul. And just to, to his point, you know, Maybe you buy from him and one other guy. Maybe you buy from him and two other guys. But slowly, over time, you will find the people that are your people, right? Just as, you know, in sales, that, that's the name of the game is you have to find, you know, the people that align with you and your values and how you sell and how you serve and everything like that. And there's going to be people that are just like, nope. And it's the same thing with your clients. It's the same with your sales rep, right? So I always say, you know, treat your reps like they're a customer. If you can do that, right? You're going to have a lot better relationship and a lot better off of, you know, putting them in a bad spot. Like, hey, man, like you're going to save my ass if you can go open up, the, you know, open up the branch for me and let me get right. in there at 430 so I can get this, you know, spray out or get this pallet of fertilizer because we're short. Right. Right. Or, you know, Jimmy got drunk, drove the work truck home, tipped it over the intersection. And we spilled out 40 bags. I need 40 more bags for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jimmy's really sorry. He'll apologize when he gets out of the tank. Sorry, Jimmy. I'll tell you, you know, something else I've done with my customers, especially the ones that I have a soft spot for, those that, that own their own businesses uh, in, in trying to compete is I, I've been very open with uh, my cost on product. Uh, and I've said, hey, listen, I'll show it to them right on my phone. I'll be like, here's the deal. Uh, I respect that you're, you're, you're starting a small business and, and I'm just going to show you this is what I'm charging you. This is the margin I'm making. So you can compare it to the margin that you're making with your business. Uh, if you think that's fair, let's proceed. If, you know, if I could help you a little bit on that, let, let's proceed as well. And where I may have to be like, I can't do that, but I can do this. And I really have found, especially those guys that are taking a risk, that are starting a business, that are working hard to, to be entrepreneurs, to be self-starters. I think it's nice to have a guy that's done it. And I, I think it's nice to have a guy uh, that, that's willing to, to, to be open and transparent with cost uh, to not have this thought that, you know, you're ganking people, you're fucking people over. 
and, and I have felt that has really helped me with some of the younger guys too. I'm like, Hey, this is what I got into it. Uh, I want to see you be successful because you never know when that three to five pallet guy is going to turn into a, uh, you know, a 30 to 40 to 50 pallet guy, right? Uh, it's the yep. it's the old uh, country club mindset, right? You yell at the kid who's dicking around on the green. That might be your boss someday, right? And you That's better right. recognize, yep. right? So <laughs> I, I love the mindset, and I love just you know hearing a little bit about the journey and, and getting to know you more. Uh, I know we could sit here and jaw all night about all things. We didn't even really talk about grass. That's the sad part. We'll have to I do that. that. It's probably the best part. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it really we'll, was. We'll, we'll, we'll do a yeah. we'll do a grass only episode with Paul here okay. soon, and Paul will play guitar for us too because Paul does do that. His... I know, I know. I should I should have pre wrecked that, uh, but again, the amount of show prep we put into this is uh, moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, he shows Fleeting he shows moments. his customers costs. We we show we we pull back the curtain and be like, you know what? Listen. I just took a crap and came down here and, and we're recording the show. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the honest screamed at my true. son that's, to finish brushing yes. his teeth, quit distracting <laughs> your sister, and y'all get in bed as I'm walking in the door, right? Hi, Paul. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man. Uh, thanks thanks, well, thanks that... for coming to, to hang out. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Yes. No, I was just going to, you know, I always, uh, I have, I have two pieces of parenting advice. I have, I have three children Please. and they're all grown and gone. Uh, one's 31, one is 26 and one is 23. And oh, in hindsight, yeah, like my heaven. biggest regret. And I advise two things. Number one, force your child, force them to play an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, uh, force them to develop a life skill like golf. Cause those are two things you can do forever. Uh, yeah. that, that guitar single-handedly changed my life 14 years ago. Uh, Christy and I have surpassed uh, over a thousand gigs we've played over the last 13 years. Wow. Uh, wow. Paid off my house. I've been flown around the United States playing that stupid guitar. And I would tell you right now, Christy is an absolute assassin. If she had a, if she had a legitimate guitar player with her, uh, there's no question she, she'd have been something, but anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I always like my hindsight parenting, uh, you know, make that kid, make that kid learn some life skills. You know, I know everybody well, I, thinks I, their kid's going to be short, shortstop for the Yankees, but the odds are they're, they're probably not going to so. short. I don't know about shortstop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and one thing i do appreciate your twitter too is that you show uh you show the healthy relationship between you and your wife and i think uh i think it is as men especially in our our age range i'm i'm 37 right and there's there's gonna be a lot of 30 year olds that are watching this uh pri prioritize your marriage do do not do not put that on the back burner because when the kids are grown and gone it's you two who have to look each other in the face and yeah. uh and and you know every day you should strive to be the best version of yourself for your your spouse, and and I promise they will do that in return. That's that's what love is all about, right? Uh, again, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your yeah. infinite wisdom. Uh, everybody in the community, go show some love. At least follow him on Twitter. If you're three to five pallets or larger in the St. Louis area, please God, call him and have a conversation. But do not yeah. call him to talk about the tears in your beers. 
uh, or whatever, whatever else. Seriously, <laughs> next time when you do come on, you are going to have to play some music for us because I, that's one it. of my favorite things to watch on your Twitter is uh, uh, you, you and your uh, your lady there uh, uh, belting it out as she has a uh, an angelic voice and watching her with a cup of coffee in her hand and you all hang out in the kitchen. You know, that's one of those things that it's a real relationship and all men here should look at that and admire that and no seek that by any means necessary. Thank you so much, everybody at home. We Thank love y'all. See y'all on the flip side. Appreciate it.